What's up, guys? It's Sathya here. Welcome to the New Man Podcast. I am so excited to get into this interview with Dan Martin from Pure Hope. And, um, you know, Pure Hope is a ministry, I believe they're based out of Texas. And I just found out about these guys not too long ago, but they have really had an impact on me already. Um, Just incredible messaging around sexuality in a faith perspective and you know, they don't shy away from the the standards and the morals, which I think a lot of people have done, to be honest. Even Christian ministries are kind of diluting some of the morality around sexuality in a Christian context. Um, but these guys, they don't. Um, they're, they're not afraid to kind of uphold the standards, but they just, they have a very different angle on why these standards exist and why we should be interested in them. And they really do it without any judgment without any condemnation and uh, just a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of kindness. So I love these guys dearly. I'm just getting to know them, but I already just have a special place in my heart for them. And I think you will too by the end of this podcast. So let me just give you a quick, uh, a quick little snippet of who Dan is just to give you some context and then we'll jump in. So Dan Martin is the director of training and partnerships for Pure Hope. He was a pastor in Dallas prior to joining the organization And in addition to his role at Pure Hope, he's also a frequent conference speaker and a guest teaching pastor on topics addressing family, parenting, marriage, and technology. And uh, he's married. He's been married for 30 years. He's got three children, a bunch of grandkids, and is based out of Dallas, Texas. And you'll see he's a very warm guy. Um, Just, yeah, he was a phenomenal interview, and I'm still, I was taking notes. Um, Eventually, we'll throw some of these interviews up on YouTube, and I, you can see me at certain points, I put my head down, and it's because I'm writing uh, down some of the things he said. It was just fantastic. So, without further ado, we'll cue that intro music. Here is my interview with Dan Martin of Pure Hope Ministries. Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith sexuality, and relationships. The goal? goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. Well, I'm here with Dan Martin of Pure Hope Ministries. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, this is really cool. Um, we got connected through Jasper, who's kind of the uh, the president of Pure Hope. And I got connected with Jasper through a, an event, a virtual summit that we had spoke at not too long ago. And um, I was just thrilled. Like, I'm always thrilled to find out about other ministries that are, um, you know, in the same space, uh, equipping people, talking about um, sexuality and purity and everything around the, the subjects. And um, yeah, Jasper connected us. We had a great chat uh, a couple weeks ago. And, um, and I'm just excited to kind of dig into your story a little bit. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, and uh, just by the way, too, I'm so excited about your ministry. I mentioned this before. And, you know, your ministry, I feel like, is on the front lines. And uh, just happy to support your ministry and, and just to, yeah, just, just to talk to your listeners and, and to edify, really, you know, your audience and, and the folks listening in. So thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Well, we're going to get into all of it because I think um, even just the messaging of Pure Hope is really quite profound and very needed in our culture today. But I'd love to go back and just talk a little bit about you. Why why don't you tell us, uh, maybe for starters, your involvement with Pure Hope and sort of how you got involved here in the first place? Yeah, so um, I've been with Pure Hope since 2009. And uh, um, 
it, during that time, I've also been a campus pastor for a church. So I've been very involved in kind of the parachurch ministry, as well as on the, you know, being on staff at a church. And this issue um, has, I, I've just seen this issue be so important and so um, not talked about correctly in churches. And that's number one, that's my involvement with Pure Hope and why I'm involved. And the second part of that too, is just from personal experience. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in the church and was at church, you know, every time the doors were open. And the, the amazing thing to me as I got into kind of my teenage years and being a young adult is just the lack of any kind of conversations or information when it came to sex. And, you know, as I got older, and, and really, I think I've shared this with you before, but I'll share this with your audience. It's, it's really where I got off track with my relationship with the Lord. Um, my, you know, I, my college years, when I left home, all I had been equipped with when it came to sex really was the thou shalt not, you know, <laughs> yep. and yep. there was no why behind that. There was no, um, really no equipping that had been done in my life. And it's really where I got off track in my life with my relationship with the Lord. And when I got married and started having kids, and by the way, my kids are, you know, in their late 20s now. And, and so that was a long time ago. But when I, when I got to that, you know, being a young dad, I just remember thinking as I was coming back to the Lord and really, really trying to grow my relationship with Christ, gosh, I, I, I wish I had been better equipped. I wish that the conversations in my home, in my church, uh, really had been more helpful and, yeah. and more compelling than, than what I had been told. And I, you know, I, I say this all the time to people I talk to is, is really the church well-intentioned as it was, or purity culture really as a whole, um, well-intentioned as it was, did a miserable job of preparing me for what life was going to look like, you know, in, on the, you know, when it came to my sexuality and living that out in obedience. Yeah. And so anyway, that, that really, the Lord really put it on my heart at that time that, you know, Dan, that's, that's going to be a ministry for you is mm. to help equip parents, to help equip pastors and leaders to break the, I, I really, I, you know, it's breaking the chains of fear and shame that exists in the Christian community in churches and in homes and the enemy loves that we're being silent. I mean, the enemy loves that I grew up in a, in a church and a home that, that didn't have any conversations about sex. Yeah. Because then the enemy was able to craft a story in my mind as a young man and, uh, and really kind of left me. I, you know, it, it felt at the time, it felt like there was no alternative and, as I've studied God's word and as I've studied this issue, there's a great alternative. There's, it's what I call, you know, God's better story of sex. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's really, you know, that's my passion behind being a part of Pure Hope. That's what our ministry is all about, equipping families, equipping leaders, equipping pastors with God's better story of sex. 
Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. And you, you hit on a lot of key points there. So I want to I circle back to some of them. You talked yep. about, um, you know, it not being done correctly as far as just having these conversations, educating, equipping believers and, you know, non-believers alike just about healthy sexuality. Can you yep. talk to us about, like, before we get into kind of here's, here are the, the, right, the right way to go about it and here are yep. the things you should do. Yes. What, what are some of the classic mistakes that are made in a, maybe particularly a church culture, church environment? Yeah, I, I think it is, you know, anytime we approach any topic based on fear, um, we're going to get in trouble. We're going to get off, off topic. We're going we're gonna to stray away from the truth of Scripture. And what I mean by that is I really feel like the adults in my life, the, you know, the church leaders, my parents, um, any, any, you know, anybody that was speaking into my life really approached this topic with a lot of fear. Um, and, and when, when it came to conveying to me what the Bible said about sex, as I mentioned before, it was a lot of the thou shalt nots, the attempts, um, and, and I, this is the way that I would put it, the attempt to keep me from having sex before I was married was all based on fear. Hmm. And so, you know, the, the diseases I was going to catch, the, <laughs> the, you know, the, the uh, out of wedlock, you know, pregnancy and, and just anyway, just all of the fear that was used in an attempt to to get me to obey or to yeah. get me to a destination um, is just a failing attempt. And I really feel like, you know, I feel like that is the issue is that a lot of times the church approaches the topic of sex fearfully. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, we've got to talk about this, you know, once a year or whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> kind of church you're in, we got to, we've got to talk about this, but let's make sure the kids aren't in the room. Let's give parents a warning Let's, you know, there's all these tactics that are fear-based mm. rather than it being just, well, you know, you said we'll get to this, but I, I want to <laughs> get to this so quick is because it's not, we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be That's in right. shame. Um, God is the author of sex. Yeah. God is the designer. It was his idea. He created us as sexual beings and that's to be celebrated. That's to be proclaimed. And, and that's not what, at least that was not my experience in the church. And that's not what I see happening in most in the Christian community is, is this proclamation happening? Yeah, for sure. And I I mean, your story is not uncommon. I think most people who have grown up in the church in the last, I don't know, 50 years have had a very similar experience. And I would say it's, uh, it's fear mongering. And I think the other thing I certainly experienced was sort of this over incentivization around like, um, you know, if you wait until your marriage day, then the wedding night is going to be just this spectacular, you know, fireworks and <laughs> the hallelujah chorus playing in the background. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of this over incentivized thing. And, and, you know, then you get married and you're like, well, you're, if you, di- if you actually didn't do it, then you're, you're terrible at it. You know, your first time's at it. And yeah. it's not at all how they kind of paint the picture to be right. Well, and, and two, I think the messaging, at least what I heard, and I think a lot of people that I've talked to have heard, you know, sex is awful, dirty, and shameful. Um, right. Don't do it until you're married. And then, <laughs> and then, like you said, you know, then the promises. But when you get married on that first time, it's just going to be this unbelievable. And for most women I know who have followed that prescription, 
Um, that is not the case. Yeah. Sex is not wonderful. Sex is painful. Sex is difficult the first time. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, you know, and, and couples struggle and, and sometimes for years to figure it out, to, to really find a rhythm where, where they're, they're able to please one another. Yeah. And that first time, you know, is for a lot of people is not the experience that they were <laughs> promised. And so, you know, just with that, I, I think it's important to, to talk about this. I think the lies um, around this topic, around what sexual morality and sexual, uh, you know, immorality, the, the lies that are told on both sides uh, mm -hmm. are, are harmful. The lie of the world is, hey, this is awesome. You know, if it feels good, do it. That's a lie that leads to destruction, as well as the lie the church was telling, which is sex is awful, dirty, shameful, don't do it until your wedding night. Both of those are not truths. And yeah. both of those lead to destruction, and they lead to uh, all kinds of trouble because they're not based on the truth. Yeah, it's a really good point. And truth is such an operative term in our, our culture today as well, because I think the yeah. whole concept of truth is is getting distorted and diluted in some really terrible yeah. ways. The, the other thing I just wanted to add is, you know, it's funny, like, you um, you mentioned that cu some couples, it takes them years, years before they, they finally get a rhythm with sex. And I think that's partially because of the picture that's painted around sex. Like, yeah. as, as we're talking, you know, that you're going to get married, it's going to be great. And in some ways, if when you learn a new skill for the first time, you usually have some grace for yourself because you understand that, you know, there's there's a learning curve here. Um, but I think when you get conditioned to expect these great, grandiose yeah. things, um, it takes time to sort of um, unlearn those a little bit. And the other thing you mentioned as well, which is I think really important, is that if you are conditioned from a young age that sex is bad, don't think about it, and then suddenly you're supposed to just flip a switch and enjoy yeah. it when you get married, it just doesn't work. No. And I mean, I have clients who have you know been married for, for decades and they're still undoing some of those mindsets around sex. They're not able to fully enjoy it because of how they were conditioned at a young age. So you yeah, have some I, really and, important things. Sorry, go and ahead. And I go think ahead. the you know, when you think about the deception of pornography, when you think about the deception of the world's message when it comes to sex, it has it has created this environment where we are gonna struggle because the expectation, especially with pornography, right? When when a young man starts looking at pornography and masturbating at an early age and the expectations very early on are, well, these, you know, women are there to satisfy my needs yeah. and um, they're always going to be available. Pornography is always available when I need it. And it, it really sets up couples later on in life to have this, this, they're conditioned, right, to have a need, to have the need fulfilled, and you're, you're filling my needs because I have a need. I need you to fill it, yeah. and that's what pornography has done, and that's what pornography, how pornography has just destroyed us as sexual beings when it comes to mutual satisfaction, when it comes to meeting and, and surpassing one another's needs. Yeah. Um, because that's really what, you know, that, that's really what a biblical narrative of sex is. It is, it is self-giving and it is, it is selfless and yes. it's not taking, it's giving. 
And um, that's that's what the deception of pornography has done to us. And it's it's we see the we see the devastation everywhere because of that. Yeah, yeah. In your particular scope of of ministry and what you're doing at Pure Hope, what how are you seeing the the devastation of pornography? How's it impacting the people you're working with? Yeah, I I mean, gosh, where do I even begin with that? I <laughs> I think um, well, let me start with parents. Um, I'll start there because I think a lot of parents are very hesitant to talk to their kids and to to prepare their kids for this because of their past, because of, I mean, we know that, you know, there's this unbelievable percentage of men and a growing percentage of of women who who pornography has been how they were sexually educated and how they were introduced to sex. And so for a parent who has come to terms with that to some degree, um, and I spend a lot of time with parents, that's not the only thing that I do, but I see this all the time is they're hesitant to talk to their kids because they're scared to death their kids are going to ask them questions about their past. Um, Uh. And they don't know how to answer that because they feel like they have to have a perfect answer. Hmm. You know, they have to say, well, your mother and I waited until we were married and you know, and, you know, versus this ugly picture that most of us have of, yeah, I spent years looking at pornography and masturbating. And um, I spent years, you know, just doing things wrong. And I really encourage parents, no matter what your story is, whether it's a a good story, or whether it's a, a really ugly story is don't be afraid to share with your kids that you didn't do things perfectly. Hmm. And I say that because there isn't a parent, there isn't a person alive who has navigated just this, this topic perfectly. You know, Hmm. Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, that even if you look at someone lustfully, that you've committed adultery or you've committed pornea, the sexual immorality, so who is not guilty of that? You know, we we all have fallen short in this area. And so I really encourage parents to share your story, be vulnerable with your kids. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean you're, you know, you're talking to your four or five-year-olds about your, you know, sexual conquests or, <laughs> you know, all, all the, the problems that you have. But it, But it does mean that you put yourself in their shoes and say, gosh, I remember what it was like to be 12 years old. I remember what it was like to be going through puberty and having all these hormones rush in and nobody talking to me about these topics. And, yeah. and really just, just being vulnerable with your kids and, and being available with, for, to them for just talking about these issues. And um, I, I, I see that all the time. I, I really think that that is a major issue. And I think also when you think about churches and why churches aren't doing a better job of talking about these things, I think it's the same thing. Mm. Um, it's, it's very difficult to lead with a limp. Yeah. Um, all of us want to lead from a place of um, conquering. You know, We want to lead from a place of strength. Yeah. And for so many people, this is not a strength. This is this has been a difficult area of their lives, and it makes it really hard to talk about it. So one of the first things that I try to do whenever I'm addressing a group of people is just say, 
hey, we are all in this boat together. We are all sexually broken. Right. Um, it's not, you know, a lot of times there's this, this thought, um, sexual brokenness. Yeah, that's for that group of people that meet in the basement of our church on <laughs> Saturday mornings, you know. Yes. Versus sexual brokenness. Gosh, we are all in that boat. Because if we don't put ourselves in that boat of, that boat of sexual brokenness, then you better put yourself in the boat of pride because it's the pride that puts us in that. We, we, we make categories because we're, because of our pride and it's not those people over there that, that deal with sexual brokenness. It's, Hey, this entire room, this entire building is full of people who are sexually broken. Yeah, that's really well said. Um, just to double down on this parent point, I guess I wonder, you know, some, for some parents, I imagine the idea of sharing about some of your shortcomings is not, it's not just scary because you have to be transparent, but then you're also in some ways showing um, a different standard maybe, you know, and we, yeah. we had talked about truth earlier. And, you know, if you, I think one parent maybe might fear that if I tell my kids about where I came up short, I give them permission to make mistakes as well. What, what would you say to something like that if there's fear around it? Yeah, this is what I would say. And I think it's part of the, the, the wrong narrative we have had because of purity culture in the church. And that is <clears throat> the term, you know, save, save yourself for marriage or keep your purity. Right. And that is this idea that purity is something that's up to us. Um, purity is on us. And mm. it's about obedience. It's about obeying, you know, it's about following the rules. And if we follow the rules, then we will be pure. Um, that is, that is such a lie. And I think mm. that, you know, what you're talking about, that's where that comes from. And one of the things that we say at Pure Hope, and I, I it's one of the kind of core teachings that we have is that purity is a relationship, not an accomplishment. And mm. when I, when I think about getting kicked out of the purity club, um, which happened early for me. And again, it, it goes back to Matthew 5, where, where Jesus sets the bar for, for purity, really, for sexual purity. And that is, even if you think about someone lustfully, you know, it's, it begins in our mind before it, it, it becomes an action, but, but it's just as wrong and just as sinful when it's in our minds um, when, we're, when we're lusting. And so this idea that we stay pure or we keep our purity, and then if we mess up, we're out of the purity club. Yeah. Um, that's just such a damaging, damaging thought and a damaging teaching. We don't stay pure. We don't keep our purity. What we do with purity is we pursue purity. Mm. And that, that idea is all throughout scripture. For us, 1 John 3, 3, which says everyone, who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. And mm -hmm. so this idea of me maintaining or keeping my purity is not scriptural. What's scriptural is that there is only one who has ever been pure and he is purifying us. Wow. So that whole idea of purity and, and this is where we're really trying to reframe the definition of purity for the church. Yes, please. And, and it's where our name comes from, pure hope. Jesus is our pure hope. 
Um, hmm. My hope for purity is not in me. My hope for purity is not in my ability to keep a set of rules. My, my hope for purity is in the one who's already accomplished it for me. Hmm. And he is purifying me. You know, we see this all throughout scripture where Jesus, the bridegroom, right, is purifying his bride, the church. Yeah. And that's happening, that's happening throughout our lives. And and what I, you know, what I'm encouraged to do and what I want to encourage other people to do is no matter your past and no matter what you did this morning, you and I have a decision every moment of every day to pursue purity. Yeah. And because of the grace that God gives us, that can be a decision that we make no matter how many times we've messed up, no matter how many times we haven't followed the rules. When I fall at the knees of Jesus and I say, Jesus, you are the only pure one, purify me. And, and you know, what, what, be, what uh, the good work that began in us will continue. Yeah. And we can cooperate with that. And we can, you know, the Bible's very clear about activity. We are to flee sexual immorality. Right. Um, God wants us to, because he knows what's best for us, he wants yeah. us to, to stay away from sexual immorality. Um, but staying away and fleeing sexual immorality does not purify us. What purifies us is the work on the cross, what Christ did for us. Mm. And I, you know, I share that just to say that, that I think that is the messaging when it comes back to sharing your vulnerabilities and your mistakes and, and all of those things. I want to point people to my redeemer. I don't want to point them to how I did things. Hmm. And, and that goes back to the pride, even if I did things really well, right? If I could say, Hey, I, you know, I followed all the rules. I didn't have sex until I was married. I, I never had a lustful thought like all of the, if I could say all of those things to my kids, I would be pointing them to me and I would be pointing to them to how I did things and, wow. and that rather than pointing them to my redeemer yeah. and their redeemer, because I don't want them to follow me. I want them to follow Christ <laughs> and if I want my kids to pursue purity, I want to help them pursue Jesus because he is the pure one. That is so excellent. My goodness, that was a, a very rich answer. And uh, I think you, you broke a lot of myths in the process there. Um, <laughs> I, and I think, it's, I think it's bang on. You know, I think we've made a mistake of just making it a list of do's and don'ts. And in the process, putting the, the pressure on us to make this thing happen Yep. And like you said, the reality is this all stems from a relationship first. Um, I'd love for you to get a little granular about that. So, uh, you know, we have this kind of uh, this different framework here, which is that, okay, the pressure is not on us. Jesus is the pure one. He is the one who purifies us. And our responsibility really is to pursue him, um, knowing that as we pursue him, we will achieve purity in the process. Um, how how does it how do you do that? What does it look like to actually pursue Jesus um, and get purified in the process on maybe a more practical level. Yeah, and and I think, I, I you know, the pursuit of purity ultimately is the pursuit of Jesus, but mm. it is also the pursuit of the way that Jesus 
came to bring, right? There's a lifestyle that, that he calls us to. I mean, I think about John chapter 8, um, Jesus' encounter with the woman caught in adultery, right? right. There, there's two things that are just really obvious and evident in that passage. And the first thing that's very obvious, and this is where it starts, um, is grace, and Jesus has this tremendous amount of grace for this woman. He, he doesn't condemn her. Um, in fact, he, he really, he goes after her accusers for condemning her, right? That's, that's what he does. But he also saves her life. I mean, this woman was caught in the act, right? She, was, she yeah. knew she was wrong. Um, she knew that she, what she did by, by the law, by the definition of the law, deserved death. But Jesus comes in and he saves her life. And that's, that's grace. That's what he does for us. That's what he offers to us. But he doesn't leave her just with that. Because what does he say at the end of that encounter? He says, go and sin no more. And he says that to her because of, his, because of grace, because of his love for her. He knows that the lifestyle this woman has been living has has destroyed her life. Yeah. And he has grace for her, but he also has truth for her and that truth is go and sin no more. Don't live in this life of sin because yeah. it will leave you depleted. And so what it means to pursue Jesus is not only to accept his grace for my sin, but also the truth that he came to bring which is how I am to live my life apart from sin. And I think it's both of those things, and it's balancing both of those things that really helps us and leads us to live this life, this true life, this abundant life that Jesus came to bring us. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think you hit on something there, which is that grace in its purest form is always accompanied by truth. And I think in our culture today, we've sort of distorted that a bit, right? Because a lot of people are reading that passage as, um, you know, go and do the best you can, you know, and or it's kind of like this. Uh, or live God your loves, truth. <laughs> yeah, live your truth. It's God loves you anyway. Um, yeah. Like we've, it, it's so close. And yet at, at the same time, it's so far. Right. Um, because the truth is, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mince words in that regard. But like you said, it is not, again, the truth of it is not to inhibit people. It's not to take away their fun. He really had our best interest in mind when he gave these instructions, right? Uh, knowing full well that if we live by the truth, if we yep. walk in the grace of God, um, that that we will make decisions that are actually going to benefit us both in the short term and the long term, right? Yeah, in Deuteronomy 6.24, I love that passage because the Israelites are questioning Moses about all these rules and regulations. And, and, mm. and Moses reminds the people, he says, these are for our good always. Like God is for our good, and he wants the best for us. One of the things that, that when we talk about, you know, fleeing sexual immorality and, and kind of the, the rules ar ar around our, our sexual activity, we talk about them as guardrails. And when you think about scripture and the, the, all the, the, the teachings about how we are to live out our sexuality in a, in a God-honoring way, yeah. Those are guardrails and they're guardrails that the engineer of the highway designed for us because he knew he knew the dangers that were on the other side 
of the guardrails. And so when we think about God is giving me this instruction not to be a killjoy and not to take away pleasure and or to, to, to put restraints that are going to really inhibit me from enjoying this part of my life. Mm-hmm. It's the exact opposite. Um, mm-hmm. It is when I stay within the guardrails, yeah. true pleasure and, and true enjoyment, true fulfillment in my sexuality is reached when I stay within the guardrails. So I think that's the other thing. It goes back to the first sin, you know, Eve's first sin. Did God really say, you know, and, and that's what she was deceived with is we question God's goodness. Yeah. Did God really say that you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden? You know, he, he distorted uh, that the enemy distorted the truth. Yeah. And that's what's happening with us. We believe this lie that by obeying God, we're going to be missing out on something. Hmm. Like this, obeying God in this area of my life is going to lead to like a lot of sexual frustration and difficulty. I was talking to somebody the other day, it was a pastor, and he, he, we were talking about this very issue and, and he shared a statistic with me. He's like, you know, I, w- I was just reading this and it was a secular source. But it was a finding, a, a study of married couples, and it was a study of couples who had had multiple, multiple sexual affairs outside of marriage. Okay. And the study was done to show that the most satisfying sex happened in a faithful, committed marriage where both partners were committed to each other and only had one partner most of their lives or for the vast majority of their lives. And it speaks to this point that true pleasure in God's design and in his perfect makeup um, is achieved when we follow the rules and when we follow his and we stay within those guardrails. And we we think true joy is outside those guardrails, right? Like, man, I just want to I want to, I want to pursue that woman or I want to, because she would bring me satisfaction, whatever it is, whatever lies that we believe that are outside those guardrails do the exact opposite of what the enemy tells us. The enemy says true satisfaction is found over there. And I get over there and I find out that is not where life is. That is not the abundant life that Jesus came to bring. And, and it ends up destroying my sexuality in the sense of, you know, that it, it steals from the pleasure. It steals from the enjoyment and the satisfaction where mm-hmm. the guardrails that God made us. I mean, it was his decision to make us sexual beings, right? Like yeah. it wasn't an accident. He made us intentionally sexual beings. It would make sense that he would know where the most satisfaction, where the most pleasure and enjoyment was. And that is in a lifelong covenant relationship, one man, one woman, lifelong covenant relationship. That's what he designed us for. And that's where the true enjoyment and fulfillment of our sexual desires is found. That's beautiful. Yeah. And and it's like, it's one thing I have to remind myself at times, and I certainly remind my guys, but like God is, it's not like he just gave a list of instructions or or even that aside it's not like he just gave a standard and said okay like good luck do your best like 
He is alongside us, encouraging us, encouraging us, um, doing everything he can to work with us on this journey. It's really meant to be a co-laboring kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we're not just left as orphans trying to figure it out on our own. Um, and you've, yeah, you've, you summarized that really, really well. Um, I guess the last thing I kind of want to just touch on for the, the interview is uh, what you're seeing. You know, like I, I, you had mentioned I'm on the front lines, but you guys are doing tons of equipping. Uh, yeah. You do a, a big part in just bringing awareness and really, I, I would say, challenging some of the constructs around sexuality. Um, what are you guys seeing and what are what are some of the main messages that people seem to really be eating up these days in your guys' ministry? Yeah, well... Let me answer that in two ways. Um, first is what am I seeing? And and really, and when I say what am I seeing, it's really what, when we're talking to churches, when we're talking to other ministries, what are the things in culture that, that they're facing right now? And I think it's this issue of identity, um, gender confusion, yeah. transgenderism, like all of these issues around, and they're really issues of identity. And I think right now that is where the enemy is probably gaining the most ground on this topic. Um, and it goes back to this idea of, of believing God and believing truth as really our ultimate satisfaction. When, when we, you know, if we miss it early on, and, and this is so important, is that sex is about identity long before sex is about behavior. Yeah. And when we get the identity piece wrong, we get the sexual out the the sexuality part of our um, of our sexual makeup. We get that wrong as well. And it yeah. begins with identity. Who has God created me to be? Um, in His image, male and female, I've been created. And then David says, you know, in your mother's womb, you were you were knit together, and. There, there's this identity piece that is fluid right now in culture where I can be whoever I want to be, right? Or whatever I feel like being, I don't yeah. feel like a male or I don't feel like a female. Um, there's a lot of things that, that God's word has told me and how he has made me that don't feel natural, Um humanity and our sinful nature makes God's ways feel unnatural. And so when I go with how I feel and when I go with what is natural, it, and, and I'm, if I'm being led by my own, my own feelings, what's coming from inside, that's, I'm going to get way off track in yeah. every area of my life. And, and so what we're seeing now and what we're really trying to help churches address is this issue of identity. And what is our sexual identity and, and, and how, do we, how do we really teach that in a way, again, that, that it, and, and I want to be in a room full of transgendered people or people struggling with this and be able to say, God loves you. Um, he is love. And, and to convey that in a real way, again, going back to John 8, just like Jesus did with the woman caught in adultery. I, I want to tell you these things because I love you and I, and God loves you and, mm -hmm. and you're never going to find fulfillment outside of how he created you to be and how he designed you to be. You can, we can all run from that. We can run from that our entire lives and we can chase our own 
feelings and our own desires. But we know, as followers of Jesus, we know that that is not going to lead to a life of fulfillment. Um, The only way to find true life, abundant life, is in Jesus and following his ways. So that's that's what we're seeing. And then I think just this this idea, and I've already mentioned it, this idea that purity is a relationship. Um, when people see that, I, I had a gentleman one time, we've got a book coming out, and I tell this story in the book. Um, I was giving this talk to a, to a church, just a group of, of, it wasn't, I'm trying to remember, it was the entire church, it was a weekend conference that I was speaking at, at, at this church in the Dallas area. And um, I probably five minutes into my talk, I shared the idea that purity is a relationship, not an accomplishment. And this okay. guy, like on the, on the third row, raises his hand. Like, I'm not even asking for questions, right? It's he not just raises time, his, yeah. He just interrupts me. And I, and I, and I pointed to him, I said, yes, you know, like, <laughs> I've got a lot more to say, but yeah, what do you want to say? He stands up and he said, can I just say, that you are speaking life into me right now. It was like, wow. it was the first time he had ever heard that. I, I just, I talked to him afterwards and I kind of found this out. He had lived this life of shame because of his past. Hmm. And he felt like he always knew what the rules were, but he never was able to follow them when it came to his sexuality. And, and when I just shared that idea that purity is about pursuing Jesus, it's a relationship with him. He, it's, his work's already done. It's my faith in his work um, that that purifies me. And he's like, I I've never heard that. And and it you've just spoken life into me and and freedom. And that guy, I, I stayed in touch with him for a little while and just was able to see him really live his life of freedom from that point mm. forward because of that. So that message, um, I, I just feel like so many people need to hear it. And and it's not, uh, you know, it's not rocket science. It's it's the gospel, and and that's and that's the. I talk about God's story of sex all the time. That's what our ministry talks about. That it's this beautiful narrative in Scripture that we see um, all throughout Scripture. And really, what it is, it's the gospel. Yeah. Um, the way we live out our sexuality is a proclamation of the gospel. It's beautiful. So well said. Dan, I know our listeners are probably going to want to connect with you guys, find out a little bit more about what you're doing, maybe pre-order the book. Uh, what are some ways that we can get connected with you? Yeah. So, um, you know, the website is purehope.net. Yeah. Um, my email is dan at purehope.net. Those are two great ways to get connected. We've got a ton of free resources on our website. We just released a series of um, uh, of helpful, we call them pocket guides, and they're for having conversations about sex. We did oh, one for parents, we did one for pastors and ministry leaders, and then we did one for couples, because one of the things that we run into all the time is that couples just aren't able to have conversations about sex. And no. so we wanted to give them some tools to start conversations. And so there's some great conversation starters. Those pocket guides are some great resources on there. Um, and, and, you know, we do conferences, we do trainings. We just completed a new training series called The Pursuit. 
and it's okay. discipleship. It's called discipleship in a sexualized digital age. And what we want to do is we want to come in and and really just um, spend some time with with church staff, with ministry leaders, and help them see God's better story of sex in a new way. And then and also to equip them to go teach their people to to talk about these things and really to to help set them up well. And then social media, you know, um, at that find pure hope is our. Uh, all of our handles are find pure hope. Um, so you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of those, those things. Amazing. Dan, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, just as we wrap, I'd love for you just to speak to uh, the guy or the girl out there who maybe is hearing this message for the first time and really yeah. feeling like, oh my gosh, like there's some hope for me here. Um, or the guy who's struggling with porn and saying, oh wow, okay, maybe there is actually a way out. What what would you say? What what should they do next? What 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 would be a good uh, action step that they can take from this interview? Yeah, I I think the first thing is to recognize where wherever we are in our lives, um, it's so important for us to where where have we believed the lies of the enemy? Mm-hmm. Um, where have we listened to the voice of the enemy? Who, who doesn't want us to know the truth, who doesn't want us to find true life. And so we, we know, you know, we know the rules, but yeah, but, but I'm going to do this thing because that just sounds so old fashioned or that just sounds so restrictive. What, what are those things in your life and give those up, give them up to the Lord. And, and here's, here's where faith really is put into action. When we believe God, when we believe that his journey, that his path for our lives is going to lead to true fulfillment, even when in our minds we've convinced ourselves that there's no way, you know, that that is just too, I can't live that way. That's too restrictive. When we submit to God's better way, when we submit to God's better story, that is where true life is found. And if you're struggling mm-hmm. to find true life and the life you're living right now, run to Jesus. His arms are wide open. Praise God. Every, I praise God every day for that because I need to have his arms open. And it's not up to me. It yeah. is not up to me to deserve to be loved by God. He loves me more right now than he's ever loved me. He will never love me more than he loves me right now, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what your past looks like, run into his arms and he'll receive you. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Dan, uh, thank you so much for your time today. This has been really rich. Thank you so much for having me. I love sharing this story and I love sharing God's better story. Well, that was my interview with Dan Martin. I hope you really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Like I said, a very interesting vantage point on sexuality and Christianity. And to be honest, some things that I wish I would have learned when I was a kid growing up, um, yeah, these messages were nowhere to be found. So I'm just really thrilled these guys took some time out of their day to uh, to sit down with me, Dan specifically, and um, 
they're doing such a, such an incredible work. So I hope you go check their stuff out. We're going to put a bunch of links in the show notes to um, some of the things that he was talking about, you know, the courses, the website, their social media. And obviously, if you want to reach out to Dan directly, he was kind enough to offer his email as well. And I'll be interviewing on their podcast as well. So if you want to go check out their podcast, um, eventually there will, there will be an interview with me there as well. Not sure how long it is in the queue, but uh, that's everything for those guys. And if you are struggling with porn and you're looking for a way out, uh, maybe even just a place to start, I highly encourage you to check out my ultimate recovery guide that is available for free. And they are the best practices that every single man on planet Earth who has ever experienced freedom has implemented in their life. And uh, you can get it at ultimaterecoveryguide.com. And I really do mean like these are these are some of my best practices. These are actually the best practices that I could possibly offer you to pursue freedom from pornography. And you know, um, sometimes you, you need to help, some help implementing them. But if you're kind of like not really ready for a program, you don't want to pay for professional help, you can just download the guide and then do it with a friend. Like just ask a friend, hey, can you hold me accountable to be doing some of these things? I want to try it for 30 days. You know, you could do a little challenge or something like that. But it's just such a good way to get started. I'm already getting lots of feedback of people who are just learning, growing, um, implementing some of these things and really being impacted as a result. And I know there will be many more as time goes on here. So that's ultimaterecoveryguide.com. You can get your copy there. Uh, look, guys, thanks so much for listening. I so appreciate every one of you. And I really consider it an honor to do this work. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll talk again soon. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.